Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 6 of Off the Hazel. My name is Drew, and I'm your host. I hope everyone enjoyed the last interview with Sean McNall. Uh, it's a really good uh, interview, talks about how he got into the game, uh, you know, his Canadian national events too. Um, you know, he took some time off to focus on, on other things, but he opened up about that. And, you know, he's a, he's a comical guy, he's uh, very funny, um, really good player too. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, we are on Spotify, on Anchor, and on Apple Podcasts. Check them out. Uh, like, subscribe, rate us, do what you got to do. Um, check out the Twitter page, underscore off the hosel. Yeah, comment your thoughts, like, retweets, everything you can do. Um, send them my way, and we can go from there. Um, today's guest, um, he's an absolute winner. I don't know how you put it any, uh, any other way. Um, you know, you look at some of his Wikipedia stuff, it's it's quite uh, insane. Uh, gold in 2010, the Olympic Games in Vancouver. Uh, in, in four attempts at the World Curling Championships, he's got two golds and two silvers. Uh, at the Tim Hortons Briar, he's got four golds, 08, 09, 16, and 19. And yeah, you know, he's, he's a great dude. He's funny. Uh, he's a very athletic person. I've had the pleasure of getting to know him pretty well and our guest today is from Regina Saskatchewan that currently resides in Calgary Alberta on he's a curler on team Kevin Cooey today our guest is Ben Hebert so let's head on over now hope you guys enjoy this episode of off the hosel is brought to you by extreme hockey and sports and umbrella marketing solutions one stop for all your sports marketing and corporate team and sales Come down and see Donnie and Daphne for all your sports and corporate needs or contact at this number 306-539-6101 or email donnyyearen at extremehockey.net. That's D-O-N-N-Y-U-H-R-E-N at extremehockey.net. Benny? Hi. How are you today? Great, buddy. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for uh, joining the podcast. No worries. No worries. I don't get asked to do a lot of golf podcasts because I'm such a pigeon. So I thought I would uh, take you up on your offer. Right on. I appreciate it. Uh, so, I mean, uh, with COVID-19 or now, I mean, and obviously these tough times, um, as a professional athlete, how are you staying in shape right now? Oh, well, I'm trying to get back into shape after my season. Um, but, um, you know, I, I got a nice little home gym in my basement. So, me and my wife were lucky enough to kind of put that together when we moved in here a few years ago. So I got everything I need. I got, uh, you know, I got a full rack. I got lots of, uh, a lot of dumbbells. Yeah. I got my bars for deadlift squat kind of stuff. I got a chin up bar put right into the ceiling, which is just usually there for decoration, but it's in there. <laughs> and then I, uh, you know, I, I actually scooped up a Peloton bike. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of people online using them spinning and when I got my knee surgery in 2017, I used to run a little bit and running kind of bugs it a bit. So kind of got into the spin game. And so when I saw the gyms were going to be closed here for two, three, four months, I, I decided to pick one up. I'm like, a, you know, born fat kid. If I look at a smarty, I gain five pounds. So <laughs> it was, uh, it's been really good. I've only had it for a few days, but I've been crushing them and uh, yeah, I feel great. So I wanted to ask, I mean, I've talked to some people now um, and, and they were curious too. Uh, as a curler, I mean, or even a pro- professional athlete, uh, do you like working out or do you just do it because you kind of have to? No, I mean, uh, I worked out long before I was a, 
you know, in quotations, professional curler, you know, no doubt I, I worked out a lot uh, after high school and I started playing junior football in Regina and then also, uh, you know, playing hockey and, you know, even just being active growing up, you know, playing football, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, you know, you always want to stay in shape and, you know, I've had times in my life that I've been in great shape and then times in not so good shape. But, uh, you know, I think for time like now, being locked indoors, you know, mental health stuff, staying fit and keeping the mind sharp and keeping the body uh, feeling good is, is really important. And so, you know, I've been doing a, I'm doing a 30 day challenge kind of with my nutritionist, uh, no alcoholic beverages and make sure that I'm getting a workout in every day and eating really clean. And yeah, I feel great. So I think anything you can do in a time like this to, you know, keep your mind off of what's going on out there in the world. I think uh, fitness is a, is a huge part of that to make sure you're feeling good. I know everybody feels good. It's just, it's just about, uh, you know, getting the gym gear on and, and getting your shoes on and getting after it. And then you feel much better. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, right, right now, I mean, I'm on my, uh, 30 pushups, 30 sit-ups a day. So I mean, I'm kind of crushing that too, but, uh, 30 pushups a day, <laughs> you can ramp that up. Quit being so soft. I could. That's I could. a, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to know, um, how long have you been curling and then professionally? Um, I mean, I, I started curling probably when I was like in between like 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, I played hockey my whole life going up in Regina, and, but my dad curled. And so I'd kind of go to the rink and, uh, you know, throw some stones when a game would end early or whatever. I always joke when I'm doing like speaking appearances and stuff. I say there, I, I got to thank my dad for being able to get good at curling because uh you know not only was he my first coach but you know he was a professional beer drinker up in the bar after they played games so I'd always have a ton of time to throw rocks before we had to go home so I got a lot of reps in because of him so that's basically how I got into it and then uh you know my cousin and I kind of built a little team there based out of Regina with a couple other good junior players and yeah we went through the Saskatchewan ranks had a little bit of success and then right out of juniors, I got picked up by probably the best skip in Saskatchewan uh, in a long time, Pat Simmons. And I got to play a couple of years with him on the men's tour and did really well. Got to go to a couple of briars out of Saski. And then in my second briar, I played against Kevin Martin, you know, the goat, the legend, Kevin Martin. And uh, yeah, I, I guess he, you know, took a little chance on me, you know, a young guy who was a good sweeper and he wanted to build a team for four years down the road. And I was really good friends with John Morris, Mark Kennedy at the time. So you know, they put in the good word for me and I got a really, really good opportunity. You know, I certainly don't think that I was a great curler or, or a good player by any stretch when I joined Kevin Martin's team, but I got a great opportunity um, to learn and to put the work in and develop into a good player. And, you know, I, I made the most of it. Uh, you know, I busted my ass for years there with uh, with Kevin and Jules and learning about the game. And, you know, I thank those guys a lot for, for showing me the ropes and showing me how to be a pro because it, uh, it certainly worked out for me. So, yeah, I mean, like, growing up in Saskatchewan, did you know, like, you're always going to focus on curling? I mean, we've talked about this before, like, off the record. Um, I mean, what other sports were you really good at? Or, I mean, just, I mean, maybe a, a different avenue? No, I mean, I was, you know, I was a decent athlete growing up, playing a lot of sports. And, uh, you know, I played high school football, played one year, actually played two years of junior football, one in Regina, one in Vancouver. And, you know, I played a lot of baseball growing up there in North Regina. You know, I played a ton of hockey growing up. I quit when I was uh, – midget maybe bantam somewhere around there and then just played high school hockey with my buddies but uh you know the curling thing um you know i i love every sport i mean even you know we're on a golf podcast golf's probably my favorite sport by a mile but i didn't start golf until i was probably you know 22 years old once i moved to calgary with work doing sales but no i didn't think growing up i was going to be a pro curler but when i got into playing all the sports and then uh 
realize the talent that was in all those sports and the work work ethic you needed to have and the skill set to, to be able to develop into a pro in those sports. You know, I certainly didn't have it, but uh, you know, in curling, it was just kind of one of those things that uh, I always I always was on a good team and I always been successful and worked hard and you know I really loved the game. I loved being out there learning and trying new things and so from an early age it was kind of the sport that I was the most dominant in and so uh yeah I ran with it yeah so I mean granted curling your uh your job uh you're also an avid golfer I mean so like, what's the transition like that so you play are you still playing competitive tournaments and corporate tournaments I mean like are you taking it serious when, you, uh, when you're playing I mean like what's that transition like yeah I mean for me uh yeah I, I mean I I guess I take it a bit serious. Uh, you know, what am I shooting these days? I'm probably like a six or a seven handicap somewhere in there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I played in a competitive tournament last year, actually, at the Shaw Charity Classic here in Calgary at Canyon Meadows. I got asked to be one of the celebs, and it was really cool. Uh, you know, myself, Lanny McDonald, um, Cassie Campbell, uh, Grant Fear. You know, there was a, there was a lot of awesome, uh, you know, influencers as i like to call them at that event and i got to play and it was pretty cool being inside the ropes with thousands of people watching and i was nervous as hell because i thought I, at any time i could you know toe shank one and kill <laughs> kill some kids that were watching but other than that i mean i've played in some competitive tournaments around here you know just uh you know they have a tournament here in calgary called black wolf where you team up with a partner and you can kind of go around and I've played in that with a couple buddies here and there I, I do like to be competitive the problem is you know you know, being a six, seven handicap, you know, you're kind of fringing between a good player and a shit player and I'm, and I'm right in the middle. So, you know, I certainly can't compete with the guys that are really good shooters, but I mean, I love golf, love the challenge of golf. You know, it's a, such a great social sport. And I think, you know, right now that's what everyone's kind of hope we can get back up there and tee it up. But uh, I'm always trying to look to get better. I think for me, I bust my ass so hard in the winter with, uh, you know, on the ice and, and mechanics and practicing so much of a sport that I got to be able to perform and perform at a high level to, you know, one, keep my position. And, you know, you know how it is with any of these pro players, you know, the product you see on television, certainly, uh, you know, that's not the only time they're working on their game. Right. So that's a lot of stuff that goes in behind the scenes. So for me, golf's a little bit more of a, more of a fun sport and escape to get out. And, uh, you know, I don't put a lot of time in the range. I got two young kids. So, you know, when the wife lets me out to, to tee it up, which she does quite a bit, you know, I got, I got a good one. I, I'm probably touring around, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 rounds of summer pending. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't go to the range much. I go to the first tee and, and rip it around and see if I can hack a good score, but, uh, I love it. Uh, and it's such, it's such a great game, but yeah, the mental grind of golf to try to be a, a really, really good player. I just, I don't know if, I don't know if I got what it takes for that. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, relation to golf and kind of curling question too. I mean, like how quick do you know you're having an off day, whether it's on the ice or on the links and how quick can you turn it around? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, on the ice, you know, it's, it's pretty easy if, uh, you know, if you've been putting the work in off the ice and you get out there and you may, you miss a couple shots you know, for me, I can just kind of go back to my mechanics and that I've been working on and know how to throw it. And, and I can fix it pretty easily because like you say, I'm a pro, that's my job. Like I should be able to do that for me in golf. Like if I go out, I could go out on the range, man, and I could hit, you know, six draws in a row. And then on the first tee, I play a big, huge <laughs> cut. Like uh, it's just, it's, it's so mental and to try to commit to a shot, you know, get out there and, you know, I've taken lessons and been set up with the track man when I fitted my clubs and, uh, you know, you know, hit a seven iron, you know, 190, 185 is kind of my seven iron range ish. And, uh, 
you know, okay, so you so you drill one, you get a perfect line, then the guy goes, okay, well, do that again. Like, I don't really know how to do it again. Like, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a self-taught seven handicap with a slap shot. You know, I, I learned how to golf. Like, I don't even have an interlocking grip. I got the baseball grip and from playing baseball and hockey my whole life. And it's just, uh, I love, I mean, I've had some great rounds. I shot one under last summer. It was the low round of my life, actually, at my home course here in Chestermere. I shot a, shot a 70, so that's the lowest I've ever been. But, I mean, uh, you know, I can blow it up to 85, 80, 88, the odd Lindros in there, which I black out trying not to break shit but uh <laughs> you know i i get i used to get pretty mad when i played golf now i've, I've tempered it a bit just because uh, i play with my one buddy here in calgary and he always tells me that i'm not good enough to get that mad so took that to heart and i've been toning her down a bit but uh i just like playing man so uh i was just talking to mike commodore and he um this is kind of a two-part question here um like this is the best foursome you've been a part of um but also he mentioned to ask um, how was your golf trip? And Mike Cylinder kept saying, you're just a rock thrower. Rock tosser. Rock tosser, okay. Oh, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, now when was that? It was in 2000 and, uh, 2016, right after we won the Worlds in Switzerland. Uh, I got a call from uh, my buddy there, Mike Cylinder from Regina, and, uh, you know, he said uh, he's going on a golf trip with a bunch of NHL PA guys and they needed a guy, someone bailed. Actually, I think Mike Madano bailed. So great trade for them. They lose Mike <laughs> Madano and they get Benny Heaps. Fucking, they were probably rattled, but, uh, you know, I was able to go drop of a hat and we did, uh, San Francisco trips. We did Stanford university, Pasa Tiempo, great course, Pebble beach, spyglass, Monterey peninsula and Spanish Bay. And we stayed right there on Spanish Bay. And it was like myself, Brendan Morrow, no good Sasky boy, man. He's a great shooter, really good golfer. Um, Brett Hedekin. And I knew who Brett Hedekin was, obviously, because I used to play him all the time. And I was like, uh, you know, uh, Sega, early PlayStation days, <laughs> dating myself there. But uh, I remember he was always like 99 speed. And then I got to tee it up with him. That was pretty sweet. And then, yeah, Mike Commodore, uh, Ray Whitney, Mike Sillinger, Jamie Heward. And so, yeah, we had a great little trip. And you know, it was pretty funny listening to those guys. Uh, they just fucking chirped me the whole time. Old being, yeah, they called me the Ray Whitney. I don't even know if he knows my name. He called me Rock Tosser for like five days in a row. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those guys were beauties. And, you know, they're really good golfers. I mean, obviously playing in the NHL, good athletes. But uh, pretty cool experience to go down there and lucky to play those tracks. And, yeah, those guys had some great stories. Man, usually I get in a group with a bunch of boys and I can tell some good stories. But I didn't tell many there. I just kind of kicked back and uh, listened to the veterans chat and, you know, funny bastards, you know, they, they took me in for a, for a few days and we had a great time. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a good one. So, uh, I mean, what are some of the best courses and, and holes that you've, I mean, you've played, I mean, yeah. <laughs> best courses I've played, you know, I've been pretty lucky, uh, traveling the world either with Curlin or, or, uh, other places that, uh, have taken me on golf trips. You know, I got, uh, I got to play St. Andrews over in Scotland there and Curling a few years ago. And we played it in a goddamn hurricane too. It was like exactly how, you know, the open conditions, raining, freezing cold. And uh, the front nine there, we were straight downwind for the first eight holes. And I was actually playing pretty good. I was chirping like we were cold and I was nuking it. And so I was running the chirps with the boys. And then the back nine was right into this hurricane. It was like freezing rain right into your face. And I don't know what I shot in the back, like 15 over, just gross. But uh we got the full Scottish golf experience over there, you know, so that was pretty neat. Like I say, I got to play Pebble and Spy 
uh, with the NHL boys. That was a sick little trip. And then with a bunch of curler buddies of ours, uh, Glenn Howard, Kevin Cooey, Brent Lang, a bunch of us, we went down and uh, we played the Pinehurst tour. So we went down, stayed at Pinehurst uh, Resort Lodge thing there. And it's really cool. They just kind of zip around and pick you up on this bus every day. You just say what Pinehurst course you're playing, like one to eight. They pick you up. Your clubs are already there waiting for you. And so I think we played four or five rounds. And then there was this little uh, little par three course there called the Cradle. So every day we'd play 18, you know, go in, grab a bite, crush a couple of vodkas, and then straight out to the Cradle we'd play. And it was uh, it was really cool. We had a sick little trip. So that was fun. I mean, Pinehurst number two, obviously, where they played the Open. So hard, man. Yeah. Fuck, it's just, oh. It, I mean, wicked course. But the other Pinehurst courses I actually like better because I couldn't do shit. Pinehurst, too, dome greens. Like, you hit it the middle of the green, it rolls off the back end of the bunker. Two out of the bunker, two on, two putt six, blackout angle. <laughs> Fucking terrible. So, it's like, it, it was it was too hard. It was too hard, but it was a wicked trip. You know, I certainly wouldn't trade it uh, for anything. But so, that, those were pretty cool. Pinehurst, Pebble. And then, uh, what was the course? Uh, what's the course in Vegas where Tiger and Phil played the match? What's that called again? Oh. Um Come on, man. You're, it's a golf podcast. You got to know this. I'm going to light you up on your own show. I should know it. <laughs> I have uh, no idea. Shadow Creek. There it is. So Shadow Creek, I played in Vegas uh, with my curling team last year. It might be the best course I've ever played. Really? It was unbelievable. That's where, yeah, that's where Phil and Tiger played their like $10 million skins game. So we went there to play and it's just so, so pristine and like, not a brown blade or a, a brown uh, blade of grass in the whole place. Like it was just crazy nice. The range was awesome. Putting green clubhouse. We had a hell of a day there in Vegas, and uh, so that was pretty cool. I'm trying to think of some other tracks I played. I mean, I've got, I've been spoiled. I got to play a lot of nice courses in, uh, you know, in Canada. Even you know, being out in Victoria, playing all the ones there. You know, I've been lucky with some curling to play some great golf in Ontario. I really want to get out to Cabot. Uh, you know, those look pretty deadly. I heard it's I haven't unreal, been there though. I mean, I've, yeah, I've never been either, but I heard it's unreal. I was playing Cabot Cliffs on my PlayStation yesterday. It looks pretty <laughs> looks pretty hard. At least I made it look hard. But, uh, you know, I got a little bucket list of golf courses I still want to get to and play. Even in Alberta here, man, there's some wicked golf courses. Like, all the mountain courses here are awesome. Kananaskis, you know, Banff, Stewart Creek. You know, there's some wicked tracks around here. And then, you know, you start talking about the Glencoe and Calgary Golf and Country Club. Like, you know, you're from Saski, you play in Regina, and I love Regina. Like, uh, you know, that's where I learned how to golf and when I started playing yeah. at the at the Royal Ridge, you know, <laughs> my home track. And But I've played a shit ton at the Waz, too. Everybody treats me great there and everybody in Regina. And so, um, but the courses in Calgary is just like, just like a little bit of a different level. So, for sure. I've been lucky to travel around here and, you know, guests take me here and there. I just play at my local track here in Chestermere, the lakeside greens a little bit of a goat ranch but i love it it's, it's easy it's five minutes from my house love the guys i golf with just a bunch of veterans and uh we chop it around and have some pints it's pretty good uh i wanted to ask uh three curlers any curlers to play in your foursome who are they and uh why three curlers um brent lang for sure just uh you know great friend of mine wicked wicked guy to golf with he's actually he's a pretty good player if he played lots he'd he'd kick my ass all the time but he doesn't play enough but uh i love golf with him he's hilarious i've never even played with this guy i've just heard all good things about his golf game and golf stories and i really like him as a person from curling we're good friends is wayne madaw 
He's uh, he's a retired curler now, but he's been involved in the golf industry for years. I think he's like head pro places and GM kind of everywhere. Like I think he was the GM at St. George's for a while. So, you know, he, he knows his way around the golf course and he's just a legend of a man. So Waymadaw and the third one, who would I want to golf with? You know, I don't get to see him much anymore. And on the ice, he was a bastard to play for because he was, he was hard on us, but I I'm grateful is Kevin Martin is a fun guy to golf with because mostly because of the comic relief. Like he, uh, he used to be, I think a really good golfer and now you know, he doesn't play that much and he's old and fuck, he's not that good anymore. But when I started playing with him, I was playing a lot of golf and he'd always chirp me that I was way better because I got to golf all the time and I didn't have kids and blah, blah, blah. But he's hilarious. He'll get on the first tee and nuke one and he's block it way right. And he'll, well, fuck, I got plastic hips. I can't get through the damn ball. And so he just tee up another one. And so it's either like the angriest fucking guy ever on the course, hilarious, or, or when he starts playing good and he is good, he's got some good game. He's just like Dr. Swagger out there, like <laughs> rolling a man birdies. And he's the funny old prick. So maybe uh, Brent Lang, Wayne Madaw, Kevin Martin. That's my, that's my curling foursome. If I had to pick, we'd have uh, we'd have a great time slinging some vodkas and making some, you know, birdies, birdie maybe with that, with that group. So that'd be fun. Okay. Now three non-curlers. I mean, and this could be a good one. I mean, you've met a lot of good guys and obviously a lot of your buddies too. So. Yeah, um, three non. I mean, if I've had to pick three non curlers to golf with, I'd pick pro golfers. I'd pick probably like, obviously, my favorite golfer ever, Tiger Woods. No brainer. No brainer. Um, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, love them. And then just because I'm from Saski, and I used to like, I know he's going through some back issues, but I used to love watching him play. It was Graham Delat. Nice. I might pick him. He's kind of a beauty. I follow him online with his, you know, his barred beer and all the kind of stuff that he's doing. So. uh hope that he gets back and healthy because he was wicked to cheer for when he was teeing it up for Canada and, and obviously SAS. So those would be my three probably non – are you talking like non-celebrity pro golfers? No, that's that perfect, pick? man, unless you wanted to give a shout-out to your boys or whatever. No, but I was going to say, if it wasn't them, it would just be all the same guys I always golf with because uh, golf's a long time. If you're out there for four or five hours, I usually don't like to play with pigeons or people I don't like. <laughs> so, you know, the guys that I played with at the Royal Reg for – forever and the guys i play with here in chesty you know there's a reason i play with those guys i i enjoy their company so that's those are the guys that i would continue to play golf with this segment of off the hustle is brought to you by brownies golf shop at the royal regina southern saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters using flight scope and gc quad technology brownies golf shop will give you the high performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownies Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Okay, so I'm not sure how you want to tell this. I mean, unless you want me to tell it or your story, your side of it, but uh, how we met. Do you want to tell it? <laughs> how we met? Yeah, well, sure. I was sitting in Calgary. I got a call from my buddy Mark, Mark Taco Bell. <laughs> And he says, you guys are coming up for the, what was it, like the B division maybe? Uh, under th- or 30 and over maybe? Or no, 30. no. Well, it wasn't 30. 30 and, no, it was 35 and yeah, under. Was, yeah, sorry. 35 and under uh, adult safe hockey nationals, right? Yeah. Because there was teams from all over Canada there. And it was in Calgary. And one of your guys' guys broke his wrist. So they wanted to bring in the sharpshooter. <laughs> so they called me up. Mark Bell's seen my mitts before he knew they kind of used to be salty. And it was at the end of my curling season. So I was kind of pumped to play. 
and uh they get up and i remember them saying like so i knew a bunch of the guys on the team and they're like okay this guy's a ringer here and this guy's a ringer here and one was sanford old sanny he was a beauty and he was a real ringer <laughs> and the other one was you and i didn't know you at all but i'm like okay young kids probably wheels and then i you went to riffle you know the high school of the champ champions in regina where i went so i'm like okay i'll take this little pube under my wing here and see what's up and then we we ended up playing on the same line and i don't know what i had that tourney like probably two snipes six apples moving the rock you know i was doing some and you were a joke you didn't score you got no assists and i'm like I had three like, apps you're, you're fast with no mitts and i'm like fuck this guy needs to represent riffle better than that like how i do so you know that's that's how we met and mostly just uh you know hockey locker room shit talk so it was uh no it was pretty fun and then we got to tee it up when you were in calgary it was that uh, two summers ago with your with your gal you guys were camping and you, you hit me up on a perfect day when uh i was doing a charity event for atb uh, at the uh mckenzie tour uh pro-am day yeah so we got to tee it up with one of the pros, Riley Fleming, here from Calgary. Stick. Fuck, was he unreal that day? Seven under par in a gale force wind. How are gale you? force? I remember. I remember we played Country Hills in a gale force. He shot seven deep. You know, for the rest of the tournament, he didn't even like shoot. I know. Close to that. Oh, that was bad. we. We took the pressure off him. That's why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was pretty sweet. You got to come out with our buddies there from uh, an ATB, Johnny Windwick there and them, and we had a good time on the track. You thought you were a pro. You went back and played with Riley while we all just played the men's tees, <laughs> and he fucking lit you up like a Christmas tree. But yeah, uh, that's good. I like your confidence. I, hey, if, if you don't think you're going to be good, you ain't going to be good. So I like that. So, uh, yeah, that story is somewhat correct. Uh, I mean, mitts are okay. But anyways, uh, long story short, you missed playing hockey to me in, in, in uh, Regina and crushing schooners upstairs. At that thirsty penguin. <laughs> what is the twins now? The twins isn't even the twins anymore. No, it's just a door. I, I believe a garage door. Um, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's like a store, like a door, like a an advanced door or something. I remember. I know I met the guy before, but uh, Slater, Brent Slater. Yeah, that's him. So, um, yeah, I used to play adult safe with the boys there in Regina. I played on a couple teams actually. With just out of high school, I played with a uh, bunch of my buddies that work at Viterra, slinging slinging canola and peas and grain all those boys they played on a team called benny and the jets long before i got there but <laughs> the name suited once i got there with a bunch of good fellas and then i played on a team with silly and and jamie hewer the press box fuck i can't remember what we were called the press box something but those guys were good like really good hockey you know a div i know those guys went on and a bunch of them played like uh Allen Cup and stuff on that team afterwards. But uh, so that was good. I was a legit third line grinder on that team, but I wasn't afraid to go back and cheese the odd game for the boys and show them that I still had the salty mitts. But, you know, it was fun. I, I do miss playing a little rec. I still play rec here in Chestermere on my men's team, but uh, I mostly do it now just to go out and get a skate and, and get a good burn and get the sweat going. But I try not to go in the corners or block any shots to get hurt for the curling. That wouldn't be good, but I do love it. And when I, when I shut her down curling eventually here, I, I plan to get back into the old rec hockey scene a little bit more. How many hole ones? One ace, buddy. Where? Oh, uh, Glen Eagles. I think it was the fifth hole. I was there in Cochrane. I was doing a sponsor appearance for a company called Trinidad Drilling. They were one of our curling sponsors. And fifth hole in, I dunk one, one hop pitching wedge, 145, one hop jaws. <laughs> Throw my club. We're all hugging, jumping around. Freezing cold, rainy day, too. It was shitty. I remember we had, like, 
the cart cover all over our cart. We had like a heater in our cart. It was brutal. But after that, I was how high no did you throw pain. your club? Just as About high as, as high as. I don't know if I threw it that high, but no, I was, I mean, I was pretty stoked and there was a gallery too. Cause it's a tournament scramble, right? So you know how they always get backed up and shit. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, a bunch of people saw my only ace of my life. And then, uh, yeah, I won 15 grand. I think I gave five back to the charity that the event was for uh, stars ambulance, you know, gave a, gave a thousand, I think each to one of my teammates that was there cause it was an event. And so I think I ended up going home with like six or seven grand. My wife was like, what the fuck? You can't just give away 10 grand. Like I was so happy. I got a hole in one. I didn't care. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. I remember at the group I was with just a bunch of deadly guys. And, uh, after we got the ACE, we didn't care what we shot the rest of the round. We were just, they were just feeding me nonstop cocktails and I was feeling a little bit loose at the end of that night. But, uh, yeah, that was a, that's a fun time. If anyone ever had, if anyone that's had an ace, I think can relate to a decent buzz or hangover the next day. So on that same topic, uh, best golf tourney you've ever played in, and any good stories? Best golf tourney, um, <clears throat> man, um, should I tell? Well, you know, I got to play in a tournament here. I I had an I had an Audi as a car uh like five six seven years ago and they put on a tournament here my aunt actually puts it on um called the audi whatever it's called glenmore glenmore audi classic and so i played in it we won it with a buddy of mine kevin guthrow and because we won it we got to go to quebec and play in the nationals two-man kind of scotch ball you both hit off the tee and then pick your ball and yeah one, one shot in from there so that was pretty sweet. We got to go to that. Uh, we got to go to Quebec for three days. That was a fun one. The other one is a the two-man Riverside is actually a lot of fun. I played in it with my father-in-law. He's a stick. He doesn't tee it up much anymore, but he used to be a shooter. We went to that and just with a bunch of my buddies from Regina, like, uh, you know, Dan Moran, Jake Long, Chris Frolic, Lee Schaefer, you know, all those boys that I'm sure obviously you're familiar golfing with. But we all went up and, and snagged the hotel in Saskatoon and, you know how that goes after the day, you know, go for dinner and six glasses of wine, wake up, couple couple Tylenol straight to the first tee. So those were, uh, that's a pretty fun tourney, but uh, I don't play too, too many tourneys. You know, I kind of play, you know, a lot of men's nights and just kind of, you know, uh, you know, the Royal Regina member guest is by far the best member guest I've ever played in. So I'm definitely coming back this summer, cross our fingers that we're allowed to golf this summer. I'm coming back, me and Davey Lowe. Um, me and Dave Lowe are going to tee it up and probably win the ninth flight, uh, but we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to give it a go. Uh, last question before we go into the questions from the gallery. Um, growing up in Saskatchewan, making it to the national uh, national stage and being so successful, what's one thing you'd give a lesson or uh, just some advice for our young listeners and and whatnot? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't think it matters if you know if you're talking about sports, you know, whether it's golf you know, curling, hockey, baseball, whatever you decide to go football. I think that uh, the first thing for sure is, is you got to, you got to be able to enjoy it. And if, and if you enjoy the sport that you're playing and you're loving, you're loving hitting golf balls, or you love throwing rocks or ripping pucks on nets. I mean, uh, that's going to be, <clears throat> that'll be the passion that takes you kind of where you want to go if you're able, right? I mean, if you don't love the game, I mean, there's very, very few athletes, I think, you know, when they get to the professional level and it's a job and you're getting paid and, you know, I think that's probably when people start to dislike it. But I think, uh, you know, the first time you fall in love with the sport, it's it's certainly not when you're making uh, making any money. So I think if that continues with, you, you know, you're, you're set up for success. The second thing is, you know, you're going to have to practice and put a lot of time in. I mean, uh, 
and you got to be able to say you're going to be able to sacrifice. There's a lot of things that you know. My, my, me and my family haven't been on a winter vacation. I don't think in like 12 years because uh, you know I'm always gone on the tour in the winter, and so and then it gets nice here in the summer, and we don't really want to go anywhere because it's nice. So you know, we miss out on weddings and you know, friends gatherings and all that kind of jazz. But uh, if you really love it, and you want to make it. You got to work hard. You got you got to practice your ass off. Work on your mechanics. You know, do the things that you're that your opponents are going to do or, or maybe some of them won't do to try to get an extra edge. So you got to put the time in and you got to love it. And then the third thing I'll say is, you know, a lot of times, you know, certainly in curling today, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's the same for a lot of sports, but you know, you know, you hear the quote, like, you know, you put your mind to anything and you can accomplish it or, you know, uh, no matter if you work hard, you can get to where you want to be. And, you know, in, in sport, it's just, it's just not true. I mean, everybody works hard. Yeah. You know, there isn't, uh, you know, you probably beat as many balls at the range as uh, Ricky Fowler does, you know? Yeah. And you're not close to him. So, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> Definitely. sometimes, you know, it, it, it just doesn't, just doesn't turn your way. I think though, to become a, become a pro or, or to get to an elite level is you got to put all that work in, you know, just to have a chance. I think that's what we see even on our curling team today is the stuff that we did and, you know 2010 2014 2018 you know probably aren't aren't enough to go to the olympics in 2020 so or 22 so you know you always got to evolve you know pick up new things whatever any extra tool you can find in your toolbox to get that small little advantage over your competition you know i think you really got to use those so i think uh yeah you got you got to work hard you certainly need that uh that talent gene you know you got to love what you're doing and you're probably gonna need a lot of breaks and a lot of luck along the way and if you ever get that opportunity, you know, you, you hopefully you take full advantage of it and then you never know where it can take you. So that's about all I got. Right on. Thanks, uh, Ben. Um, questions from the gallery now. So such questions here for you. Uh, Reed Witrow from Choice Lance, Saskatchewan. What was it like curling with the legend Kevin Martin and how did he get the nicknames The Old Bear and Kmart? <laughs> well, Kmart? Well, yeah, one, the curl with Kevin Martin was amazing. I mean, uh, you know, my first couple of years I was with Kevin, you know, I certainly wasn't, uh, you know, a great curler, but he obviously saw something in me and, uh, you know, knew he could develop me into a great player. And, you know, I certainly owe him, you know, for most of my career for kind of getting me started and uh, taking me under his wing, him and our coach Jules and even John Morris, you know, teaching me how to practice the right way, how to do certain things and how to throw the rock properly. So that was amazing to learn from him. I mean, there's no one else in the history of the game I would have rather learned from than Kevin, you know, and I keep those work ethic traits and kind of mindset of the game with me today, you know, sometimes to a fault because, you know, he wasn't always right, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm no different. And, uh, but yeah, that was, it was great. We had an amazing eight years. And so I look back at them now and with a smile on my face, you know, there was some, certainly some times throughout those years that I was angry as hell. And I wanted to kick him in the ass. He was such a <laughs> prick, but you know, uh, most of the time, maybe we deserved it. Um, uh, as for his nicknames, the old bear, I think, I think like Kevin Park, this other curler here in Alberta just kind of started calling him the old grizzly bear. And then it was like Jack Nicholas, like the old blonde, <laughs> blonde old guy. And Kevin was blonde and old and he's called him the old bear. I don't really remember the whole story, but yeah, he's the bear. And then, uh, Kmart, well, Hey, pretty simple. His name's Kevin Martin. Yeah. So Kmart, <laughs> Kmart shoppers. That's it. Uh, from my brother, um, uh, any other sports, um, what would your dream job be and why hundred percent professional golfer, not even close. I mean, 
to be able to go out and be like a top 100 golfer in the world and just travel the world and tee it up at all the sickest courses with all the boys making millions and fuck, that would just be like dude i go out on a course and if i shoot 75 i'm happy could you imagine going out and shooting like 68 every round from the tips traveling the world in private jets with dustin johnson <laughs> fuck me that is the life okay now I spin would. it uh no sports at all no sports at all what would i want to do yeah um I guess my normal job I do now, I mean, I have a pretty great job. I, you know, I do sales and the, you know, business development manager for a land surveying company, Caltech surveys, you know, little plug there for the boys, (laughs) but no free uh, ads, you know, no free ads. Yeah. So, you know, I love my job and it's good. I'm getting downtown with people. You know, I'm lucky. I get to, you know, play a little lunch hour hockey and take clients golfing and, and you'll build the relationships and chase some work. I mean, I got the personality for sales. I like being around people and hanging out. So, you know, I like the job I got now. They're flexible with my curling. So, I mean, I'd have to say that. I don't know what the hell I'd want to do if it wasn't in sports. I mean, sports is always kind of the, I was going to say if I couldn't play sports, I guess I'd want to be GM of a sports team or something cool like that. But uh, no, I got to just stick with the job I got now. I've been successful. I love the people I work with and it's a great company. So that's what I'd be doing. Favorite hockey team, player, and any reason why? Favorite hockey team today is Calgary Flames. I have transitioned over. As a kid growing up, I remember I used to cheer for the Oilers when Gretzky was rolling in the 80s and then became kind of a Boston Bruins fan. Um, Growing up watching Ray Bork, Cam Neely, Adam Oates, Don Sweeney, Reggie Lemlin. What a fucking team. (laughs) I remember cheering for them. And then, uh, you know, I became pretty good buddies with Jordan Eberle here who lives in Calgary in the summer. We get to tee it up quite a bit together. You know, he's a good, good Regina boy. So we're, I run with him a little bit. And so when he uh, when he got drafted, the Oilers, you know, I certainly became a, an Oiler fan. I was cheering for them a lot with, uh, you know, Nuge and uh, Taylor Hall and that whole crew. And then when he left there, I didn't really have any reason to cheer for the Oilers anymore. But I do still love watching him because McDavid, he's pretty nasty and I'm watching dry settle. But um, so Ebbs is probably my favorite player in the show. Him, him or, uh, you know, him or Gio, I'd say. I've got, I've been lucky enough to play in a couple tournaments with uh, Giordano, and uh, and obviously I know Ebbs really well. So I kind of cheer for both those guys to do great. And you know, we do a charity golf uh, tournament together here in, in every July out in in Canmore. And so through ATB, who sponsored myself, Ebbs, you know, and Gio. So you know, I got to know those guys pretty good, and been lucky to play with a bunch of the Flames and charity tournaments and. With my work doing sales for Caltech, I'm taking clients out all the time to the Dome. And so Flames are pretty hot right now, too. I love their team. I love the guys they got, and they're good. So it's hard not to cheer for the hometown team. From Brownie, uh, how many putters or brooms have you broke, and which one is leading the count? Oh, shit. <laughs> for sure, it would have to be I've broken more brooms. But I'll tell you what, I haven't – oh, that's not true. I broke, I broke a broom this year. Uh, I haven't broke a broom on the ice in a long time. Now I've taken my anger to the locker room that when I get, when I get heated, I go into the locker room and usually smash <laughs> one all over the place. And then, and my brooms always say Hebert on it. So I let the boys know I just set it in the garbage. And so they just laugh when they come into the locker room. But uh, I have certainly, I remember one time at the Royal Jesus, I was, uh, I was playing with uh, Dan Moore and Chris Frolic and I think Dave Lowe and uh, you know, the loop there after seven, you whip by the, the clubhouse, eh? not after nine. Yeah. 
hit it to like 15 feet on the par three. I'm just eyeing up a birdie and I've been playing pretty good. So, I'm, you know, I'm in the zone a little bit and, uh, three whack it from 15 feet. I hit it like five feet past getting excited for the birdie. I missed the comebacker oh. complete, like complete meltdown fire. My putter thinking in, you know, whatever, just throw it towards the cart, fucking hits the cart, hits the cart, smashes my smashes my scotty like the head right off of it i'm like oh god so i zip into dino at the clubhouse i'm like dino i need a putter and the only lefty he had was like this 400 scotty i'm like fuck this is an expensive round <laughs> so it was like 80 bucks to play 400 putter at the turn probably 40 bucks on beers and then i think i lost 100 in the match <laughs> good christ but uh I haven't broken any clubs in a long time, but yeah, I used to have a bit of a temper. I think in every sport, just kind of my the way I was. But I'm growing with age. I'm getting, uh, getting. I'm slowing it down a bit. Weirdest thing you've seen on the golf course or curling rink? Oh, oh shit! I don't know. The weirdest thing I've ever seen or strange. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Um. What well, has to be good? There's not that much weird stuff that happens in a curling rink, but golf. I don't know. I mean, you know, you've been golfing. I golfed in a tournament one time at Regina Beach, and uh, it was actually it was an adult safe hockey team wind up. It was with uh, it was actually with Mark Bell's team. I can't remember what the hell they were called. I think maybe Century West or Extreme Pita. No, no, it was before that, way before that. Anyways, they did like this dress-up day. I actually ended up teeing it up with Ryan Thomas and my buddy Rhett Hanowski. <clears throat> and I didn't know Ryan that day. You know Ryan Thomas used to play for the Pats? Yeah. He didn't know what my name was. Like, I just met him that day, so I said, hey, I'm Benny or whatever. And he, he thought I said Lenny. He called me fucking Lenny the whole round. The whole round. I didn't correct him because I just thought it was funny. And Rhett, my buddy Rhett was laughing. <laughs> And so to this, to this day, to this day, Ryan Thomas calls me Lenny. Like he's just kind of just a running joke now. So, and anyways, that round, I remember it was like forty above out at at Regina Beach. Like not a tree in sight. We're all just cooking, and we were. Uh, they turned the sprinklers on on the golf course for us, <laughs> so we could play. It was so hot. So I remember us. We were. Uh, we were like running through the sprinklers and like sliding on the grass, just shredding up the fairways. And then I remember after we all dried off, we just had like red lines all the way from our neck down to our guzzlers full of uh, grass rips from playing that round. So that was a pretty good, one. that was pretty weird. I mean, you don't see that every day on the golf course. Nope. No, it was good though. It's a good time. Okay. Last one here for you. Um, best sports memory of you. And then as a fan, so you doing it. And then as a fan, um yeah my best sports memory for myself probably went in the 2010 olympics at home on home turf i mean it was just you know right place right time to be able to go in olympics uh, in your home country and you know have the best team by a mile and uh you know the experiences we have from that event are crazy from meeting all the athletes you know playing in a sold out building every day you know going undefeated you know, meeting Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, you know, that was just the coolest week ever. And uh, getting a gold medal at the end of it was just kind of the cherry on top, having all of our family and friends there and, 
yeah, it was uh, just a wicked week all around. I mean, the Olympics in Korea was super deadly too. Um, we were lucky enough that our family got to come to that one as well, but uh, a little bit different, obviously having the kids and everything that was cool though. They got to see me play there, but different endings. So I, you know, I can't, uh, I can't say that was the best one. If we would have came home with the gold, I'm sure it would have been equally as awesome. But, uh, and then, you know, any Briar championship I've won, uh, you know, with three different teams now I've won the Briar and been pretty lucky to be a part of some great teams. So they're all big wins, but I'd have to say Vancouver is the ultimate. And as for sporting events, Best sporting event I've ever been to would probably be, yeah, probably the uh, 2010 Olympic gold medal final between Canada USA hockey game. Were you at the game? I, oh yeah, nice. It was this good story. We didn't have tickets to the game. It was impossible to get tickets to the game. Any other sport we wanted to go to as athletes, you got in. We had like an ath- athlete liaison, yeah, and uh, they could always find you tickets just in our little athlete room there with whoever was at the games, and we had our own basically our whole. Whole, all of Team Canada was one huge condo complex uh, right downtown Vancouver there. and So we just roll into this one room and say, yeah, Benny Heaves, we need four tickets for the team. And your athlete liaison texts you 10 minutes later, like, yeah, you guys are rigged. But the men's gold medal hockey game, not a chance in hell. So we win gold the night before at like 4 p.m. And we had no tickets. The men's hockey game is the next day at noon. Oh, and no. by like 8 p.m., we had five corporate sponsors calling us to come sit in their box and blah, blah, blah. Oh. I'm like, fucking, what a world. <laughs> so, you know, I'm 26 years old at the time. I'm just like, I didn't realize how that shit worked, but it certainly works that way. But, uh, yeah, so then we ended up actually declining the box tickets because we ended up, someone was nice enough to get us six tickets uh, all together. We wanted to take our coach and our fifth man, and, and we had our gold medals with us. I don't know. I thought we'd take it to the rink with us just to just to be Hollywood for a few <laughs> hours, but uh, dude, it was like we were real celebrities there. Like it couldn't, I couldn't fucking I believe imagine, it. Yeah. It was like it was the day before we're there, and Kevin Martin, like so easy to pick him out. Like old, he's running the nest, the bald head, and then we had Johnny Moe, like just the the ladies' man with us, and then me and Mark are just sitting in the corner part of the team. But uh, like we couldn't even get up to get a beer. It was nonstop really? pictures. Audio. It, oh, it was crazy, man. That was like we were the fucking Beatles. So we had these two, this awesome couple behind us, and they knew, and we were trying to go a little bit incognito. It didn't last the whole game, but we kept it a little low profile, and they kept doing beer runs for us. Really? For the whole game. So we would pay them, and I think we bought all their beers, too, for their time, and, yeah, that was pretty sweet. So uh, that, And then, obviously, the way it ended, you know, Sid sniping the OT winner there against the U.S. and just kind of put a, put a good ending on the – the Olympic games in Canada for Canada. And it was pretty special to be at that game. That place was buzzing, man. My ears were just ringing when I left there. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah, this has uh, been great there, Benny. I mean, do you have anything else to touch on here before we uh, send you off? No, man. No, I appreciate uh, you calling me. I don't, I don't get calls for golf podcasts because I'm, I'm really not that, that much of a golfer. So uh, I appreciate it. Hopefully we get through all this lockdown soon and we'll, we'll see you on the links this summer. I can't wait to tee it up with you again. Sounds good, Benny. Take care. There it is, the interview with Ben Hebert. Um, Really good interview. Talks a lot, uh, you know, where he grew up from. And, uh, you know, we talk about some uh, adult safe hockey. Got some good stories for sure. And, you know, some of the courses he's he's played and some of the guys he got to play golf with. Um, And just some good insight, too, on what it takes to make it as a professional athlete. So I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. And a reminder, we are on Spotify on Anchor, and we are on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes there. Uh, check out the Twitter page, underscore off the hosel. Um, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you guys soon. And